Yes, sir. yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet child. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. All my people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. All my people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? Doing all right. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Bay Heights Podcast. You can reach us at bayheightspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, it's, we always like to hear any feedback from anybody. I, you know, one of my, I had a couple of friends who did uh, just ping me because I heard some stuff on our, on our podcast. Just a couple of comments, like small ones. Uh, you made a comment about whether that we thought maybe Serge could be a guy who might take a pay cut to stay in Toronto. His, his view, our buddy in Singapore, his view was that, it would be maybe take a shorter time, shorter duration, but not um, not an actual cut in terms of the money per year. Kind of like what Lowry had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like I kind of kind of see that. I don't I don't know how many players actually do take pay cuts. You know, in general, like just in it's just like human nature. Like how many of us want to leave more money? Like not that many. It's like there have oh, been so- those stories that make it, but generally not. Yeah, especially yeah, you, when you've had well, especially when you've had the best offensive statistical year of your career. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a really bad time to do it. Um, yeah, you I know, don't know. Um, it's 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 just a Toronto thing. So you know, because Toronto's just so we just don't sign players at the yeah. height of their earning potential. It's it's just something we don't do. The Jays had a, the Blue, Toronto Blue Jays had a really good chance one year of keeping. Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion, and they just yeah. said, no, nope, we're, we're a small market team. We're just not going to do that, even though we're owned by Rogers. That's why I can't stand, <laughs> why I can't stand fake. That's why I can't stand fake ownership that pretends to be real ownership. And the Raptors are very much still that. I mean, the day that the day that Masai Ujiri gets full autonomy, like, like I can, like he should just be allowed to pay into the luxury year after year after year. And that's when, you know, we have a, real organization um until then yeah i mean guys like uh guy like serge is probably gonna walk and um that'll be that so can't have nice things um nash steve nash made a point um a while back it was they're asking him would you take a pay cut to this was when he was he was just a free agent um leaving phoenix and he was going to la and his response was well i mean i i mean i don't see why it makes sense to take a pay cut. I mean, it's like you are what you're worth, right? And because what mm-hmm. happens is you sign for lower, less money, you go to a team, things don't really work out, then you get traded. So now you're not even at the team you were trying to, which is basically kind of what happened with Chris Paul, <laughs> like in uh, Houston. Yeah. Um, what we want to talk about today is what can the NBA take from other sports leagues, other, other organizations and making their product and their game better. I like mm-hmm. it. I mean, just living here in the Valley and when you're in business school, you just hear all these people try to think about, okay, well, what kind of other like things can we change? Like what kind of like, um, what kind of new businesses, what kind of things should be done differently? And so that's kind of what it gets the wheels turning in my head. Um, so that's great. I, so what do you say? We'll go sport by sport. Um, Cause I think, okay. I just think I have a feeling that a lot of things that you and I come up with might just be going to going in like all different places. Let's, um, sure. let's start right off with like, combat sports sports entertainment like ufc wwe mm. boxing because i think like i have a feeling that you're gonna have some stuff that you pull from there what do, what do you got on your mind yeah i've got um i've got the beast from minnesota man i think okay brock i think brock lesnar <laughs> okay. should have a 
should have a yearly summit with all the NBA players where, where he shows up and he just sits on a chair, reads a hunting magazine. And then Paul Heyman just cuts a promo on these NBA players. So, so it's a Paul, it's, it's a Brock Lesnar summit, but he does no talking because that's the most Brock Lesnar thing ever. And what I'm, what I'm getting at is that NBA players, most North American sports players have to stop being so damn apologetic, so damn nice. Just be, I mean, yes, we are in player, um, um, player empowerment, but we're not past player apology level and we have to get beyond that so for those what that do don't mean? know can, can you elaborate I'll, I'll, a little yeah absolutely yeah that's okay. what i'm here for so what brock lesnar does every single time his wwe wwf contract is up is he just gets paul Heyman to just call everyone all the other wrestling companies which now there's 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 a legit other billionaire who's opened up his his own wrestling company um he calls up dana white he calls up scott coker at bellator and he says what what can you what can you guys do for me now brock lesnar is 43 years old right now so the days of him leveraging an mma company are pretty much coming to an end this year maybe in two years from now so those days are almost done but what he's done basically for the last at least eight years is do exactly that and what he ends up doing is getting more money for less dates and less travel and i think what he does is he is look he is a bit of a mute he is a bit of a recluse this man allegedly has no cell phone um so social media forget about it he just you know he just um put it this way brock lesnar is never going to have any mental illness depression due to his public opinion on a youtube page it's just it's just not in his world um so you know when he's not shooting a couple of you know a couple of deers and drinking cores he's he's basically um just in one of the dakotas i forget which one he lives in and he's just collecting his money now that's hard for an nba player to do right to kind of wall that off completely but what i think the nba players do too often is they're leaving a city and then they're calling up the players tribune or whatever the hell it is i don't know how that relationship works they're just penning a letter saying oh I'm so sorry. My daughter, you know, took her first steps here in Milwaukee and or whatnot, or pick a city, Cleveland, Ohio, or, you know, Portland, Oregon. And it's just, you know, like less of that, like less of that, unless it's in your nature. Like when DeMar DeRozan left Toronto, of course there was that relationship and, and I totally get it, but you just, how many of these players actually give a damn, but yet from a PR point of view, they have to take this route. They have to tip their cap. The, the first night that they come back to the city, they have to like pretend to be all emotional because the local arena is playing their tribute to some song by some new metal band like Evanescence or something like that. And, you know, they're showing all their like, it's just no, man. So like be more like Brock is is my final kind of narrative okay. on this is just be more ruthless. Be more. I don't give a fuck. If a fan base is going to shit on you, it doesn't matter because you it's, it's we just talked about Serge Ibaka. Just 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 make the money, man. If it's not in your nature to do the players tribune, to send out a tweet and Instagram post, then I say don't do it because a people have short memories and b once a few players start doing it, I think we'll see more of uh, I think we'll see more of this relationship. And it's just, you know, for me, it's I, just, okay. it's, I, I think there's a challenge. Um it's just okay this this kind of deals with when you have a mature product and 
products that are sort of they've got their cult following. UFC mixed martial arts kind of has that and that kind of that kind of demeanor. And it's not just Brock; it's a lot of a lot of different fighters who have like a bit of an edge. And that's kind of it is part of the it's part of the game. It's, it's accepted and fans they like that. I don't know if NBA fan bases will all like that because also they there's still this even if it might be outdated, there's still this this notion that the players are playing for that city. So to shit on the city is to shit on the people. And it just, I don't know if that's good for the curating. I don't know if it's good for sponsorship dollars in general for the players and for the league. So, I mean, like I can see how things form the way they do, but, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me take it. A, let me take it a step further though. And, and guys, I'll, 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 I'll get more granular. So, I follow I follow a reporter who says that you know and it happens in wrestling and it happens in MMA and I'm sure it happens in in basketball as well. Players are predisposed to apologize ahead of time when their free agency is coming up, right? That oh, I, I really don't want to go through this route. I wish we could settle things and all that. So I think that it's fine. You want to talk about Q rating and basketball has all these blue chip sponsors and you know we don't want to get into a pro wrestling level, but. I still think players are still apologizing too much, even at the free agent level. We're still getting too many guys who will go on sports talk radio and, you know, their free agency is coming up and they're playing nice about it. And really, they, sh they should just stop the conversation and say, like, listen, well, it's, my, free no, agency, it's my, my free agency is coming up. It's my decision. I'm going to do what's best for me. And I, I, I really hope. Uh, current organization, let's say the Toronto Raptors, just understand, and and that's it. Like I, I, I don't see the harm in a player just being as blunt as that. I don't know why that you makes can, him a dick. Well, you can, but it's just. I mean, you already sort of touched upon the whys up front. Was like, so Brock specifically, him, he's a recluse. He really doesn't care. He really doesn't care what anyone thinks. He's just on his own. Whereas these NBA players, they're living in like LA, they're living in New York and and St. Louis or whatever cities that they're from, and they don't want to. They, they want to be able to sort of travel freely and go through the states. And they're also a lot more recognizable, to be honest, than than MMA fighters, just in general. Like you walk down the street, of course, Brock is a mammoth human being, but I actually don't know that it's it's the same kind of thing, like where like you get spotted. Like there's just more eyeballs. So but um but okay, that's interesting. I I could kind of see there'll be definitely be entertaining to see more storylines um coming out of it. Now, in terms of what I, I there's a few things kind of cosmetically and just like the production values that I thought they could take from from both UFC and WWE, which is forget the rings, just championship belts. Like you got Adam <laughs> Silver yes. putting the belt on because you, you can see it through all the sports, whether it's basketball, football, anywhere, even NHL after guys like win a fight, which I guess they don't do that in, often anymore, but after they do something really great, like Aaron Rodgers, he's doing that motion with the, his yep. hands, like his belts around his waist, right? Like yep. players love it because they all look up to these fighters and these wrestlers. Yep. They, they, they think it's great. They've got That's to really carry good. the belts around with them all year. And I know um, this is not really new because Rashid Wallace did this. You remember when he- I was going to say that uh, yeah. well, he got belts it, for everyone. He did. He bought the belts. Yeah. Now, I know that what actually happens now is WWE actually gifts- gives out present as a present the belts yes. these replica belts to whoever wins different championships yeah. now it's a thing but like i think nba should just For go all in because the ring who cares about the ring you can't see it on tv you can't even see them really put the ring on a guy's finger other than you kind of see the the faces of the guys they're not going to wear it anywhere that belt is they're going to carry it around and i actually would believe that there is just a few eccentric personalities like nick young who would legitimately carry that belt with him like when he oh, goes out to the club or anything what about dame? in general dame like they would just carry it around absolutely yeah, like, in the off season um and so they got to do that 
entrance music and production. So right now they kind of have these intros and they have a bit of lights and the smoke and all that, but just do full on entrances. Like they do in the all-star game. Just, just do that. Just, yeah. just come up with it. Do that. Um, just, just, just a quick, quickly touch on entrance music. It's, it's crazy okay. how only the Chicago bulls have the most iconic um, yeah. entrance music. I mean, you would think that, you know, that was mid nineties, whatever song I, I forget what it's called, but Alan Parsons project um, is the, um, is the band that you would think there would have been a team that would have come along. Uh, I mean, Boston Red Sox use um, sweet Caroline, which is just terrible. Well, that's not, um, that's not their entrance, right? Well, I mean, there are a lot well, of, it's, it's like you have stuff like the, the warriors have their own remix of the of California love and like the oh, Lakers had that. the who like if you, well, um, oh, if you fronts? pay attention to the games, you'll know that they all have generally fixed intros. And I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. surprised that the Bulls have kept theirs since the 90s. But I guess because that team was so iconic in the yeah. 90s that you've you got to just keep that that theme. Um, the Raptors had the same theme throughout their playoff run, right? The same entrances and stuff. And I, I, I like that. I, I, I couldn't even tell. I couldn't even tell you the song that they used. It was. Uh, they would start off with Kanye's "All the Lights," and mm. then they would switch to some other song that I didn't recognize for the actual intros itself. Um, I think, uh, but I'm like, with you though. Yeah, I'm but, with you though on that. The, you're looking okay. for more pomp and circumstance that, yeah, uh, boxing and I. So to what you said, I think it will take one player. Like Rashid just got a you know replica belt, but you're right. If Dame Lillard all of a sudden wins an MVP and then converts his MVP trophy into a belt, <laughs> and that's what he brings everyone, and then everyone's like, you know, it, it, it might start that. something. It might start something, but. but you know, uh, yeah, but an Adam Silver might nip it on the butt and say, oh, 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 "None of that here. We do rings in this part of town, type of thing." Right? <laughs> so you you would hate for that to be stifled because sponsors might get involved, <laughs> ownership as well. We know how yeah. we've talked about yeah. how ownership does not reflect the NBA demographic, and I can see ownership just putting a complete halt to that because they're supposed to get rings too, right? Oh yeah, I mean, you know what though? I mean. Um... Oh, ownership kind of just goes along with what Adams. Adam Silver has. Adam Silver has so much equity right now. I, I think okay. the ownership of the NBA is generally quite malleable compared to like other leagues, like the well, NFL is what comes to mind, but um, or baseball. Uh, like you see, players sort of just the uh, NBA players just seem to have a lot more sway. Yeah, um, it's harder to find players who do what they do in the NBA. Um, the I also had this one. I don't know what the, what kind of added value this would have, but you know how we like on Raw when like. I mean, this doesn't even happen in UFC, but in Raw, like, it, like in the middle of a match or when someone's in the ring, just the heel will show up on the big screen and just cut a promo. Then in the middle of games, just have players just cut promos. Just do that. Just disrupt things up. Well, that um, would, you know what? No, you're 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 right. They should. You're right. In the middle of a timeout, say it's the third quarter, and then they decide, like the in-game feed, they decide to show an interview from halftime. Of the opposing player caught in a promo, and maybe they got him at a moment where he was hot, but he had no idea that this would be shown to the home crowd. <laughs> I, I think you're going yeah. somewhere. That, I think this is great shit. Yeah. Or even a third really- team. Like, say the Lakers, say Le- LeBron <laughs> is watching, oh, and then I see. Yeah. you see in the yeah, middle of the yeah. Heat Boston game, it's like, uh, it's like I don't even. Well, there's no one like Iguodala. Like Iguodala gets blocked, and then you just see LeBron pop up on the screen, and he's like pointing and laughing at the screen, and it's like clearly at Iguodala. Like they're just I don't know. Or they're showing um, tweets, right? They're showing tweets like that yeah, was terrible. Great. 
Yeah, but, uh, I think you're going somewhere. No, I'm, um, I'm digging that. I didn't even think of that. That's actually pretty cool. This other inspiration that came about was the you know remember backstage when Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson like went up to Drake in the back in the back in the middle of the finals last year. Uh, it was yes. after game two. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like more of that. That's basically like Raw 1998. Just the announcers are quiet. There's no one talking because every time they show the back, it's always Jeff or Mike or someone talking into the. Mm-hmm. No, just let the audio of the back and of the conversations happening among the players just happen. Yeah, and don't like produce that. So just let that run. Um, and this other one in terms of the games was about the like you know in Pride. Uh, okay, you know more about this, but I, Joe Rogan's called it out. Which the way they would score fights was. The way you performed in the later rounds, it was worth more than how it no, was in the no, first no, 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 no. It was, it was, it was the total fight. It was a total fight. So, um, so Pride was like, I think the first round was ten or eight minutes, and then okay. second round was five, and the last one was three. So, it was scored on an overall fight. So, if you fucked up someone in the first round, and the other guy just outpointed you, or vice versa. Um, it's it's who won the fight. That that that's their only judging criteria: is who won the fight, not who won each round. And and they they totally made away with it. So you're you're half right. It was it was judged on a total fight. Who won? You that mean fight. like you win rounds one, two, three, and then you don't give a fuck about four or five. Um, exactly. So that's what. Okay. So what I was saying was uh, that the regular season just weight the games. In increasing value towards the end of the season, so that the games mm. at the end of the season count more than the ones at the beginning, because that way teams that sort of get hot in the last two months or so, they have a better chance of getting into the to the eighth seed. Because it's always more fun when the teams that are on a roll and on a streak has a better chance of getting in than than a team that sort of had a really great September, October, yeah, or November, and then just sort of like, well, they're an eighth seed because they did well in the first three months when teams are sort of figuring out who they were. Like, I, I don't know. So that's what came to mind. Okay. Um, sorry, I kind of jumped in, but do you got any other uh, things about fighting uh, any combat or combat sports? Cause otherwise I got some other stuff in other sports. The, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant, right? Because like okay. I, I watch pro wrestling for pro wrestling and I watch MMA and boxing for okay. that. So I wouldn't want to like, like there was an entertaining fight this past weekend. Um, UFC middleweight um, Israel Adesanya, Adesanya okay. um, kept, kept and just the shenanigans that he did. I mean, that's I mean he'd be fined a million dollars in in the NBA <laughs> okay. for, for for doing that stuff. Um, okay, you know, just sexual gestures and whatnot. I'll leave it at that. People, no, can, no, you can't do that. People, people can Google that on their own. Um, but there's like. That's just another day in the UFC, really. I mean, that doesn't happen every fight in the UFC. It's actually pretty rare. But the point is, is that, you know, he has he there's zero consequences for what he did, except his Q <laughs> score for the next fight. He's probably going to get a bigger payday. And, you know, you can't even do that in NBA. So I don't know. I'm, I'm has um, I hesitate for NBA. I mean, it kind of does have to be a more of a buttoned up sport in that sense, yeah. because you know, you're going to lose a lot of casuals. You're going to lose a lot of, you know, television rights fees and, and whatnot. So you kind of got to be careful what you ask for in NBA, but um, you know, I, I'll meet you halfway with, with the, with the backstage stuff. I mean, like a live in-game tweet of LeBron James, just eating Doritos and him just tweeting like, what a terrible game by Kevin Durant. And he can see that at the Barclays center, like in the third quarter. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be awesome. Right. Okay. 
Um, I want to talk a bit about some stuff from the NHL, and I think there's mm -hmm. some novel things that can come out of there because they they are actually one of the creative sports organizations. I find like they're, they're not yeah. afraid to just try some really different stuff that's yeah. out of just without any kind of testing. But so you know how in the over I don't know if they still do it in overtime. At least when I was watching, they would have if it if it's tie game after regular uh, regulation in a regular season game. Then in the first overtime period, it's a four on four, and mm -hmm. then if it's still tied, they go to a shootout. No, so four on four, three on three, then shootout. Oh, um, okay, okay, they actually do so, that. So, so the great thing, the great thing about NHL is maybe you can tell me, does basketball have a competition committee? Because that's exactly yeah, what the NHL committee. Okay, I didn't know that. So I know the NHLs is made up of ex players, ex executives, and they try out the rule set in kind of lower leagues, right? So I don't know what the NBA does when they try out new rules, but that's kind of how the NHL works. They try out in the D League, um, gotcha. the D League, and I don't know about the WNBA. So they do some sort of try some some things out there, um, mm -hmm. like for example, the fourteen second. You know, you know that change that will change this year about when you get a rebound, it resets to. If it's offensive rebound, it resets to only 14 seconds, not 24 yep, yep, seconds. Yep, exactly. So like that's something they would try out in the G League first to see how it goes. Yeah. Like, okay, it, it helps the flow of the game. So then mm -hmm, um, definitely. So they do that. Okay, so in the NBA right now, if it's a tie in a regular season game in regulation, they just keep playing five minutes overtime. They just keep doing this. They just keep mm -hmm. doing it until they eventually mm -hmm. win. And so it could be like three hours later. I mean, that, that's very rare. So here's what I thought. Okay is you switch it's it's like end of regulation buzzer mm -hmm. beaters like they missed the shot okay so now it's three on three half court it's just like it's it's okay. like pickup you're not gonna have the refs calling tiki tack fouls and charges and stuff like that it's 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 gonna have flow it's gonna be five minutes where the clock doesn't stop and but the refs will call technical fouls and flagrant fouls that's how you protect okay. the players you, that's why you don't have like yeah. just reckless playing and a, and a yeah. flagrant foul would be an automatic ejection for that game and the next two games. That's how you protect the players so that they okay. don't go and do anything completely just reckless. Um, but you get five minutes to just score. It's still the same, like two points, two points, three points. But now you're seeing it, it gives the fans something, a special treat. Instead of just watching yeah. more of the same, they're getting to watch three on three half court. It's like they are back in school. That's pretty cool. If it's still tied after five minutes, then this is something I think people would love, which is you got to go one on one. Each team, and I don't know if it's a coin toss at the beginning of the game or at the beginning of this, is they're going to pick which player they want. The first team is going to pick their first player, and then the next team is going to pick their player. They go, they get one chance to score, and then one chance to score each. That's how it works. And if they both score, then you move on to the next two players. And you can just keep doing this until you get a situation where one guy scores on the other, and the other guy doesn't, like, the other guy can't score. So that's it's basically decided that way. And that's how you decide the regular season win. I, I really dig your one on one. Um, so what I had, but I think I'm going to keep yours. Well, put it this way. Okay. I had four and four overtime first to seven. Okay. Now, now if it's first to seven, oh, okay. we can't, we can't do your one-on-one, -on -one. but okay. if we keep a four and four, three on three, half court, I'm kind of okay. digging the one-on-one. -on -one. I'm thinking though, a lot of players to protect themselves will opt out <laughs> the one-on-one -on -one because we all know how that debate goes online. Yeah. Who would win a one-on-one? -on -one? There's a lot of bruised egos when it comes to that. So that might be an but, interesting one. I, I think you're going to get a lot of players being like, nah. I mean, say if – um, okay, say if uh, say if Kevin Durant walks out for Brooklyn, right, and they're against the <laughs> Lakers. So so say, yeah. say if it's a situation where the away team has to select their player first for one-on-one. -on -one. So Kevin Durant okay, just that's like – that's the best way to do it. Yeah. All right, so Kevin Durant walks out. 
And LeBron just like, nah, nah, not <laughs> right. I mean, he has every right to say no because I mean, this guy has built a brand of being the best to ever play, and he might ruin that because people might hang on to that. And say, well, <laughs> you remember that one time when Kevin Durant and LeBron James actually went one on one, and and KD got the better of them. So that would be really really interesting to see the, i i'm so, digging that man but i just don't you know, know why it work it, it you know here okay so you're touching on something pretty important the getting it past the competition committee so now with the players the end uh, with any kind of rule change the nba pa gets involved like the players association and the interesting thing is some of the like there might be some reticence by some players i actually think overall i think almost well, a lot of the players think they are actually better. I think a lot of them all actually think I can beat this guy one-on-one. I can, I can take him. Like, I think I like, it's like J.R. Smith and Marcus Smart and Tyler Hero. Like, I think that it, they could be misguided, but I think there's a lot of guys who dive into it. And also the thing too, this is like, it's about winning the game. Yeah, but um, the top 10, but do you think that, do you, okay, that's great. But do you think the top 10 of the NBA want anything to do with that? Okay, I mean, here's this... the top five guys who I think will have a problem with it. Okay. Okay. I think LeBron's going to have a problem with it. I think Absolutely. Paul George is going to have a problem with it. I think um, um, Paul George. Um, Sorry, we're, we're, Paul George is top five? Uh, okay, who's the top five then? We got uh, James know, Harden. Okay. I, I, I'm just I like say, okay. picking the top players of different teams. Like, here's uh, who Hard, I think would have a problem Harden, with. Harden would love it. Kawhi would I, love it. LeBron would not. I could see. I don't know if Harden Steph would love not, it. I don't know. He hasn't shown me that he likes the light on him. That's the problem. I don't think. I don't think Steph would particularly like it. Um, uh, he would do it. Steph um, is on the fence. I think Steph would kind of go with it. Luca, Luca, Luca would be like, "Where do I sign up? This is the greatest thing ever." Like, he's just, <laughs> he's, he's built differently. Um, yeah, Dame would probably love it. Kyrie would love it. Kyrie would love Kyrie it. Kyrie would um, love it. Yeah. Um, Trey Young would love it, even if he's not going to be good at it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't. Uh, um... Like, I'm just thinking, who wouldn't like it? I can only think of really LeBron and PG well, right now in terms of like well, top tier guys. Well, who's got the most um, to lose, right? I mean, can, can you imagine LeBron loses three of those in one season? <laughs> um, yeah, especially against a guy with nothing to lose, and that's what you would do as a coach. If you're the away team and you're playing the Lakers and you have to pick a guy, you're going to send out Hero. You're going to send out um, no, but Luka. The problem is, is it's only going to be like one-on-one -on -one for that one basket. And if LeBron scores on Hero, then he wins the game. And Hero can't score on LeBron, the, then they win the that's, game. That's, it. that's That's why you send a guy that like like a, like losing to LeBron James is not going to do anything against Tyler Hero. If 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 Hero wins, oh my God! I mean, that guy's building a statue the next day in his house. Okay. Um, okay. That's why it's 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 a lot to lose. I, I Michael Jordan would have a problem with that back in his day. Absolutely would, would, as, as, would as dogged as he is, that guy did such a good job of kind of controlling his career that like can you imagine if a Reggie Miller like who who Michael beats in like regular season games and oh, playoff series not can you imagine I, like I there was know, can, can you imagine there was can you imagine though there was like three situations where the overtime rules were what you just laid out and Reggie got the better of Michael, 
I mean, but you, you like, so maniacal. I think he would just. He was competing with those guys and the security guards yeah. with that game with the things. I think he would just do it. I think. I he, yeah. Him I and Kobe, know. I think, are cut that way. You know, there was that story that see, Kobe see, had. See, Kobe, 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 I think would like it. Michael, I don't know, man. Michael, I could see being a LeBron. Just, just is, is super aware of his super aware of his brand. Likes to control things. Um, but the problem is, is if LeBron or, Co or Michael don't go out there on the court, and it's someone else for that first play, everyone's mm -hmm. going to be like, "Why wasn't LeBron out there like playing Jimmy Butler? Why did they send be out?" Because so you know what the coaches would say after the game. Listen, it's a regular season game. We're not going to send our best player on one on one. There's a risk of injury, and it's just it's just not worth it for us. Well, that's like, not going to go well. Come on, they just played like forty eight. 52 minutes or whatever it was like I mean, you know what i mean you, like you, you i don't know but I, 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 I get your broader just, point that, that, yeah. that this is the obstacle to getting it past like the yeah. players association mm -hmm. um so the and and just to wrap up some of the nhl stuff that comes to mind is um is if um you know how the nhl has the winter classic where they play the outdoor game like mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be like this nostalgia people playing outside yep. on the rink it's like whatever it, it, it resonates with Canadians. Like, but you know, basketball can also be played outside. Like you can have That's a true. Memorial Day game in Rucker Park or in Venice Beach in LA and just like the That'd Battle of LA, the Battle of mm -hmm. New York, and or just invite different teams. And I think it would just be a different vibe. You just, just like a regular season game, just to just change it up. Um now, you know how in the uh NHL has diving? Um, like if you're flopping, you get two minutes minor, like the refs just assess it. Um, yeah, delay of game, yeah. Yeah, and and in soccer too, I think you can actually get a yellow card for it. I don't uh, think you really get awarded. Yeah, but. No, it's it's simulation and it's reviewable too at halftime. So yeah, they got no. Okay. You can you can get a retroactive yellow for simulation. So NBA man, just like allow the empower the ref to call a flopping like technical foul or a personal foul. I don't know what it would be, but right now it's just a fine and league review after the game. So there's it's like you pay a fine and you're not being penalized in the game. Just I'm just really tired of it. Just seeing it throughout the game so, throughout this generation. So this this gets into what I want to. Are you aware of the VAR um, in soccer, where they literally go to the fourth referee and he's in a box and he'll just, hey man, um, I, yeah. hey, hey I saw something. Think you should know about it. Review it. So do you I think heard there of should it. tell me? So well, basically it's it's exactly that. So uh, in soccer, it's just one referee and two linesmen. Um, there is the fourth linesman that just holds up the stupid thing for the player so I'm, I'm not i'm not too sure if he has anything although you know what i okay. think he does because i think he's i think it was that type of judge that called zidane that actually was the only referee that caught zidane's headbutt and then had okay. to report it to the main referee and then the main referee made the um or the head referee made okay. the call so basically Vieira works exactly that it's, it's basically big brother just having all of its resources um, okay. watching the game and when he sees something um, on the feed with all the different camera angles he'll send he'll page the the referee and referee will make a stupid gesture like make a box and he'll go review it <laughs> and he'll make a decision and more often than not there's usually a card associated with it because VAR ref is not going to waste the head referee's time with something that you know is, is frivolous, right? It's 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 clearly okay. something that that should be brought to his attention. So, yeah, I could see a situation where uh, an NBA VAR system where it's a flop, where hmm. I think we saw in today's game or maybe two games ago, they're like 
LeBron clearly got hit on the top of the head. He's selling his eye like he's freaking yeah, Dusty yeah. Rhodes that, that, getting prodded or something like that. Like, like LeBron's very when LeBron gets hit, he actually gets hit, but he 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 does grab he does grab the wrong body part. At times, <laughs> and there's, there's situations where it's just like, okay, you were made contact, but not exactly there. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's stuff in really quickly. See, Kobe, yeah, there's a difference between Kobe and LeBron. Like Kobe, number one, Kobe wasn't going to do it. He had too much pride in just not yeah. doing that kind of stuff. But if he were to do what LeBron was doing, he wouldn't just do what LeBron's doing. He would go and enlist like Shawn Michaels to be like, okay, I need to learn how you sell, and then it's he true. would go and perfect that. And then he would it's go true. do it. Yeah. Anyway, um, the I like what you're that could I, work. I that could work though. But, but yeah, yeah I didn't even think of that's how it would be executed. But um, I just thought that, okay, the refs right now probably know who's flopping and they even see it kind of just empower them. But if you got some other dude who's in the booth kind of reviewing this stuff, that's even better. Um, uh, yeah. Do you have um, – you got any hockey, either hockey ones you want to cover? Hockey, no. Football, okay. I do. Football, okay. Football. Yeah. So basically NFL the way – uh, oh, sorry. Actually, both. So we'll get to NFL. Um, okay. So you're talking about when you say football, you meant soccer, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I see, I see my ignorant I, I, American no, brain. You know here. Okay. I, I, I think for like, I think from the 2000s, I like the Portuguese side of me was like calling it football and calling it a pitch and 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 a game yeah, yeah. and and or sorry, in a match. And I'm like, no, it's it's actually okay to call it soccer and a soccer <laughs> field and in a soccer game. There's literally nothing wrong with calling it that. So I've actually been less of a prude um when okay. it comes to that. Um NFL, yeah. So what oh, I like no. about so NFL, you you were gonna go on with some soccer stuff or you oh yeah soccer. So what I like about soccer is um and this kind of goes against what you said earlier with just waiting the later games in the season more than beginning. Um I look, I like soccer, full disclosure. I like that they have multiple titles and secondary titles and tertiary titles, probably saying that wrong. And um I understand that, you know, Americans and North American fans might not have appreciation for that. But I think part of the reason is is wording and, and marketing. Like calling it the regular season and saying it's – it's, and then as soon as the playoff comes, you know, it's TNT and ESPN. It's like, you know, win or go home, right? As if, like, what you did in the regular season, like, meant nothing, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like, yeah, play, it's like, it's like, yeah players – you know, NBA players' max contracts have nothing to do with what they do in the regular season, right? It's like, no, of course they do. Like, regular season counts for something. So. Well, yeah, because literally the, the contract is only for the regular season. The, the yeah, contract doesn't extend yeah, to the playoffs. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I might be accused of, well, you you love your regular season heroes like, um, you know, like James Harden. Well, yeah, <laughs> so be it. But I also did enjoy watching Reggie growing up and Charles Barkley, like Allen Iverson. Like, I, like, yes, call me a sucker for these guys that you know, always fall, fall short. But I think there should be more of an emphasis on what someone does during the regular season and, and, and at the team level as well. So I don't know if it's a situation where instead of calling it the regular season, because, you know, dumb Americans, you can kind of sell them on anything and same thing with America, uh, with Canadians, like just call it the, IBM NBA marquee league. And suddenly people think, Oh my God, like they're, they're not just playing a regular season game. This is a marquee league game. But meanwhile, it's just one of 82, just like any other uh, thing. And you get a nice trophy, maybe a championship belt, like you said, <laughs> um, because 
I just think that um, this is just kind of my way of protecting teams and protecting players who come up short. Um, yeah, I, you can call me like this millennial guy that wants to give up participation awards, but I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a way that we can give greater importance because I'm sorry, they're just because you just because you quote come up short in the playoffs doesn't make you an inferior player. Like yeah. you can't yeah. you can't tell me that. Robert Ory was a better basketball player who won championships than Tracy McGrady, who couldn't make it out of the first round. There's just, there's just, there's just no way you're going to tell me that. I think that some players are fortunate to find themselves in certain, certain situations, and s- someone like maybe Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, Reggie Miller, who just couldn't surround himself with enough pieces, or were just in the wrong era, the wrong conference, even. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's stuff like that. So. I would like there to be just a way to, you know, have a certain presentation because if you look at what golf does, golf, instead of introducing a fifth major, they just come up with a stupid thing called the FedEx Cup. And, oh, it, was yeah, considered, right. and it was considered a joke. Meanwhile, it's in its 10th year now, and it's kind of gotten more important. So what I'm trying to say is if you introduce a stupid trophy for the regular season or, well, they kind of do make a you big build up deal. a legacy about, around it. You, you build, build up a legacy, up and, and next thing it's like you the know, king of the ring. Absolutely, yeah. You just you can like you can absolutely just create something and have multiple and have winner year after year after year. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh my god, um, did you know that uh, like the Phoenix Suns were like three time they won three straight NBA marquee seasons in a row? Like you just give it some name and some sponsor, and next thing you know, it's on their Wikipedia page. Um, so yeah, so, I mean. So soccer does a good job of doing that. Now soccer has the benefit of, you know, they're not going to play 82 games in one year. Well, actually they kind of do, but it's, it's, it's structured differently. It's, I understand there's a lot going on. It's different countries, it's different leagues and they kind of come together and, and, and they have domestic cups to, to, to work off of. But yeah, I think the NBA could do something, maybe introduce a mid season tournament, um, just kind of a yeah. quick knockout, just just something, you know. And um, yeah, so like Adam Silver's trying for that stuff, right? And he's always mm-hmm. been a big fan of European soccer, but uh, it is just it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem. Um, I think I don't really have a good idea about how you implement it because the thing is, is you need the players to want to care, and right now what they care about is the NBA championship because they also know that's what everybody's going to respect and. Um, Currently. Now, you're right. You build up a legacy and then things change over time. There is a chance that you accidentally devalue some of the brands of your some even some of your teams and even some of the games that you play by having a separate almost this delineation between this is what because right now at least there's this lineage between the regular season to the playoffs. But if you're turning it into like, well, there's this other kind of tournament, this other kind of game, this series of games, it's a bit like when um BMW introduced the one series. So you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we're going to capture more of the market, but what you end up doing is you actually dilute some of your brand. And so that's a bit of a problem. So, um, but I, I know where you're going with it. There's got to be a way to get the regular season to matter more. Cause it did matter in the nineties. People talked about this stuff. The players cared about it. And then the media sort of turned it into, well, what's going to happen in June. And they don't even talk about what's happening in June. It's going to have, what about free agency next year? And that's yeah. a bit of the 24 seven media cycle. But um, any other things on soccer? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm. So you've convinced me that, um, and I can totally see the NBA adapting it because they're going to have to. So I remember when we talked about, look, the NBA should really be looking towards having less games, and you quickly pointed out, well, 
you know, good luck giving up, you know, a percentage of your oh, revenue. Right, and, yeah. and, and, and and you're probably right. And you know what? I do find even now with the NBA bubble, I mean, it's, it's great that we're in the finals, but guess what? I have to wait, you know, every other day now to watch basketball because it's down to two. <laughs> so, you, so basketball, the reason why, and that's the reason why baseball does okay during the summer, right? It's, it's not the most exciting sport. It is, but because baseball is the only sport during the summer and it's on every single day, you know, you can flip it on, you can have it on your radio. There is, there, there is something to that. So, yeah basketball also and, and hockey benefits from playing its 80 some odd games but like soccer i mean liverpool is not going to play its starters every single game if they have three okay. matches in one week they're just not going to do it so you yeah. have to have your a b and c's uh squads and i think nba okay. could really do that because i'm thinking of like I'm thinking of a young rookie Kobe coming in the league. And I think Kobe was only a starter, a full-time starter. And it's like, what, second, yeah. maybe third second, year. Third year. Yeah, but imagine, sure. but imagine the Lakers are on a back-to-back and, yeah. you know, their main players are going to just go back to LA and Kobe is going to be able to start, um, yeah. you know, uh, and for, cause he's playing because he's quote on the B team and you could really yeah. have a situation. And, and, and even the Raptors got star a few guys like emerges. Yeah, and it's just it's just great because here you are clearly doing the whole load management thing with your starters, but yet you're gonna have you're gonna offer some exciting players. So I think there's an opportunity there for the NBA to really uh, capture on that. And I mean, it works okay in European soccer, but um, yeah, you are gonna get players that are sorry, you're gonna get fans that are gonna feel hosed because. It's probably only going to be a decision midweek, and meanwhile, you've had someone who's been planning their one game a year that they're going to go to, and they're expecting to see Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And next thing you know, um, you're getting Lou Williams playing forty some odd minutes, right, and, and, and scoring and scoring forty points because he's the only one there scoring points. So, yeah, you could work into that, but like a chicken and the egg thing. I mean, and like the FedEx Cup. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a joke at first, but I'm sorry, once this becomes a new norm. People aren't just going to stop watching basketball because there's inter squad yeah. games. Um, you know, still Jeremy Lin, he emerged because that that was a shortened season when the Knicks had a back to back to back. Yeah. So and then some of the team was burned out and they're exhausted. So then mm-hmm. and then Carmelo got injured partway through that game. So then yeah, he exactly. ended up getting more playing time and then then, then the rest was history. So yeah. I definitely see what you're saying there. I um, went to me- I went to I went to a game a Toronto Raptors game when they just drafted Bruno, and you like the eruption from the Air Canada Center when Bruno came in and garbage time in the fourth quarter was just was just crazy. This was his rookie year. And yeah. it, it was it was like 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 the Raptors were having a good game and we were all happy for them and they were winning. It was on a Friday night. But when Bruno came in, it was like holy smokes. Like this place just <laughs> just just so to to capture that and to have him play like every I imagine if Bruno was able to to start like every 10th game who knows? Maybe you would have a better player development um, up to now. Perhaps. Yeah, you never know. Um, that's a good point. Uh, so tell me, NFL, you got something? I do. Oh, before I wanna... you quickly, quick one point about soccer. I have just okay. really small. Um, and you could apply this to volleyball. Get rid of the kickball rule. Just players can use their feet if they want. I don't uh, think yeah, it would I'm really change much of the game. Because it's such. A, I don't understand the rule. It disrupts the game. It's not like the players really have that much of an advantage to using their feet. I don't like the whistle there. And if they can somehow use the feet, I think it adds a really interesting dynamic. It doesn't preclude them from being able to kick a player because then that's definitely a foul. That's definitely a technical foul. But 
just let it flow. Just let it go. That's my view of it. Yeah, you're just gonna get more. You're just gonna get more Portuguese NBA players, but that's okay. But <laughs> I def, I definitely don't think a kickball, because I've seen some really good defensive plays, and it does end up in a kickball. And what happens? Well, it's late in the shot clock, and next thing you know, the the shot clock gets it's reset, reset. Right? It's yeah, kickball, yeah. and that to me, it's like no, that see that was that was really hard nosed defense, and yeah, there was a there was a kick involved. But the guy was going step for step for step, and it just ended up that the ball. And it's not even a, sometimes foot. it's not a kick. Sometimes exactly. yeah, the ball just bounces off. And what's the difference between it bounces off the knee and shin versus the foot? Sometimes it's a kick well, ball, and well, sometimes hockey, it's ho- knee, right? Hockey has that problem too. I mean, hockey for years was struggling for goals, and I'm thinking like, if you can kick a puck in the net, and these guys like Yarmy Yager was so gifted going from stick to backhand off his heel and just doing all these things. I'm like, what if one of his goals ended up with it? So I think <laughs> hockey's now I know hockey's got an issue where they don't want, you know, guys getting toe punted and, you know, and oh, cut yeah. up, but, but maybe if just have this, just create a goddamn rule, like your yeah, skate is not well, allowed to leave. Don't, you don't kick a skates. guy, then that's a technical foul. Or maybe exactly. Like it's two, on you. Right? That's right. Like five, five I mean, game major, you're gone. Shame on you. You you should have used your foot better. <laughs> but if you're able to score a goal with your feet, oh my god! Like you're allowed to use it on faceoffs, right? You're allowed to. Um, that's the thing about hockey. Like they allow kicking. You can pass it. It just it just can't result in a goal, which just makes no sense. So so kicking is allowed to uh, for a certain point. So yeah, I'm with one, you on that, one, Jason. One last thought, and then you'll go into NFL. It's, it's funny. So imagine you got um, a three point lead, and you got three seconds left. And you know when they try to foul, if you can get into a player and then he just punts it up in the air, yeah. so he's grabbed it. And that's three seconds gone. I don't know. It's funny. Um, oh, NFL, tell cr- me. Yeah, uh, you just made me think. Who's that? Who's that wild man for the Pacers? I'm, it might have been our test when he was there, but it was some other like. Um, Steve Jackson, Jeremy O'Neal. He just he just punted a ball one because it, it, because the Pacers were going to get back court and instead of him just collecting the ball, <laughs> he just kicked it a mile in the air. <laughs> I don't know if it was Steve. It was one of their guards. Oh man, it's gonna drive me nuts. And it was against the Raptors too. Okay, um, it might have been before the Malice and the Palace players, right? But anyways, um, okay. Uh, NFL, right? Okay, so um, I'm not a big fan of the NBA tip off. I'm I'm not. I think I'm not either. Keep going. Tell me. What's okay, so the NBA tip off, I believe, used to be the way it was, at least in my mind, was okay. We're gonna we're gonna put this ball in the air. It's a 50-50 ball, and literally the guy who can jump the highest and time his jump. Now it's just who can get a beat on the referee as to what his release point will be. And it's just <laughs> you, like the ball doesn't even get up to its apex, and these guys just oh, okay. it's so it's so stupid. I, I don't like it. <laughs> to me, the tip-off should be this home team gets to shoot first. Either he shoots um either he shoots a free throw or a three now if he shoots a free throw the other team has a chance this is why it ties into nfl because i don't know if you're aware of the nfl overtime rules but in overtime i get first possession if i score a touchdown game over but if i score a field goal you have a chance to that's right um you have the chance to answer with a field goal or end the game yourself with a touchdown so my whole thing is like free throw we keep going back and forth um, but if I'm the home team, I'm just going to shoot a three. And if I shoot a three and I get it, I get ball. And you do that okay. at halftime as well. You do it at overtime. Now I know NBA, um, now with the new challenges, they go to a tip after, you know, depending on what they decide. So 
that might cause a um, wrinkle in my thing. But, but you're I'm talking done. about for the for the tip off at the beginning of the game. Um, I'm done with opening tip offs. Yeah, for overtime, yeah. just like no, <laughs> is it? Let's just let's just see who shoots a three, and um, let's go from there. Best shooters on here. Let's go. To be honest, you know what? I, I agree with you, but you know what I would actually do is just flip the coin, have possession or side. That's it. Just like in soccer, and then you start with it. And that's it. And you just start going. I mean, yeah. I know what you're going with it. The novelty of the the free throws and the threes. It's. Um, I think after a while it could get tiresome because the thing is, those guys are such good free throw shooters that, or even shooters that. Okay, I know that. Then, the, then, then, for, then forget the free throw. Like, have it so that it's. Um, well, it actually goes into another rule change that I want because I've struggled with this as well. We can we can get into just general rule changes, not not based on any particular sport, but. Um, yeah, I wonder if you can have a regular three where you're just kind of in between, you know, you're, you're, it's a three point line and then you have a foot behind it, or okay. you can go like maybe a foot from half court and that's, that's how you decide possession. And so if I okay. shoot a regular three and you shoot a regular three, then we just keep going. But if I shoot that kind of like half yeah. court shot, then I get possession. So I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll say I'm a, I'm a little lukewarm on that one, but uh, but anyway, I think it's I, I think we agree like the tip off. So it does it does get to it, it does anyway. get to, it does it does get to another point of mine, which I don't know if I want to do at least not yet. And I know if I do it, then Greg Popovich will have a heart attack. Which is, do we want to introduce a four point play, four point oh, shot? No. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. So I want to make it harder. Thought, the reason why I thought you might want to is because um, you know you mentioned the three on three, and I don't know if you ever watched those. Um, Ice Cube three on three game. Oh yeah, they had three. A, yeah, they do have a four point line. They have a four point. Well, is a four point line or four point spot? I think it was like two. Oh, four, sorry, four yeah, point spot. Okay, yeah, you're right. But I actually but wanted the, to make a four point line. If if I were gonna okay, put it this way: if I had to do a four point uh, four point shot, I would want it to be a line. I would, would want to make it a nice arc, just inside the um, just inside so, half court, and that's the only area that you can hit the four point shot. If you read Col Kirk Goldsberry, then like the sprawl ball, he makes a case about how the three-point shot has kind of twisted the game. You've created mm -hmm. these inefficiencies um, in terms of what each point is worth, really. Like when you shoot, given the probability of making those shots, I don't. I think a four-point line would actually exacerbate some of the issues we're seeing in the game. I think what you actually want to do is you actually just want to have the three-point line, but you just want to change rules or change like maybe the geography of the court to like make it difficult to shoot threes, like maybe get rid of the corner threes. That's just that three-point line. That's, that's what I was thinking. This one's not, wouldn't be fun. I know the players would oppose it, but I think it's just needed. And if I were an owner and I'm playing that much money to all these players, I'd say they need to be wearing more protective headgear. Uh, it's, they're, mm. it's contact sport. It's not a collision sport. Like I think that's actually how insurers when they insure like house league sports in just your local like rec leagues yeah i think like they distinguish between collision sports which is like football rugby and then like contact sports which is like basketball soccer there is actual contact and risk of injury when you collide with another when you actually make contact with another player mm -hmm. these guys are running at speed when you think about how fast russell is how strong mm -hmm. joel is and like their face their eyes their head is all unprotected we haven't seen any horrific injuries yet thank goodness but like uh, it doesn't have to be a hard helmet, like a hockey helmet or football helmet, but just some kind of gear that protects their eyes and face. I think. I well, mean, can we it. can we can we start with mandatory mouth guards? Let's start. That Are they not all wearing mouth guards? Is it only? Is Abs it optional? Absolutely not. Oh. oh okay. Option. Then yeah. Then I, I thought it was. I thought they all were. So then yeah. No. So you gotta wear mouth guards. You gotta wear um, the gear like that. I think. 
even um, even your even your, even like uh, modified Rick Steiner uh, wrestling headgear, something right? like I mean, that. That's what I mean. At, at just, least at least like ears and the high like a, probability points. Like if you're if you're if you're if you're flailing in the air and you're coming down and you know what's what's the point? Like it's going to be that that kind of indentation in your head that you're going to probably smack. It's the top of your head. Yeah, yeah. I mean. My God, I mean, like, like you know, we should all be watching that TJ Ford and all his concussions that he's oh, suffering, yeah, and just okay. like, you know. And I know those long, and, and I think that's the problem. So, I you know I watch a lot of MMA, and every time it's like, oh my God, are they gonna, you know, the eye pokes are out of control, the groin strokes are out of control, this is out of control. Well, what's it gonna take? Well, I'm telling you what it's gonna take. It's gonna take. Connor freaking McGregor about to win a title and then something happens that's happened in yeah. a million other fights, but because it happened to him, that's when the rule change is going to happen. It's going to take, unfortunately, um, a Giannis, you know, about to win an NBA championship and then someone just, you know, cracks him on the head and he takes a spill and next thing you know, blood NBA's on the court or something, yeah. blood on the court and NBA just has, nope, we're doing, we're doing concussion protocol. And with that comes uh, protective equipment. Yeah. So they have concussed. They do have a concussion protocol, but um, yeah. So that's only my take about the NFL. Yeah, I thought they could no, take it's take fair. There. It's fair, fair. Um, uh, baseball. <clears throat> well, I'll say is what I liked was how they have the series of games together. Now they have way more games, and I wouldn't want to have a season as long yep. with basketball. I don't think that we could do that. But just you play your Boston stretch of games all at once, right? You play your new york knicks games at once right you're gonna get through the region i think that that kind of i think you play i think teams when they do play a series i don't know i think that there's a little dynamic that comes about like what if like in november boston and toronto play their mm -hmm. four games in a stretch mm -hmm. um and it gets a little testy and then marcus smart just starts it's just kind of like what you saw in this final yeah and then yeah you get to may and june when they play each other in the first round or the second round and you're like, well, let's play that back, or like they've been waiting, which is kind of it. Kind of adds to it, I think. Uh, yeah. And I, it would cut down on travel. To I think it would cut down on a bit of travel, or at least would it would allow the, more games to be played without both teams having traveled before, at least. Yeah. Um, so I know, I know yeah. the NHL uh, after the 05 lockout, that was one of the rule changes they made because they wanted to cut down on travel because they the salary cap was so low. Uh, because it was the first year of the salary cap, so they were just, you know, it was, it was more of, um, it was more of a cost savings measure as well, right? Like you said about the travel, and I think each divisional team played uh, their divisional opponents like eight times, so you would get a lot of home okay. and home series. I would love okay. to see that in basketball. I mean, yeah, there's, it sucks. Like Philly, you know, if, if Philly plays Toronto, or, you know what, Boston, Boston and Toronto, um, yeah, I mean two evening games you have to hop on a plane in between yeah but it's you know it's it's uh th th that'd be, that'd be kind of cool i know that it didn't quite work in the nhl i don't know if they have it now okay. but um but they I could know, play but, two boston games in a row back to back or in boston like, you're saying and then go yeah in boston toronto, and then, and then yeah. go to toronto it was one trip yeah why why not yeah why not that, that's what i was thinking in my head i do wonder if i mean what that might happen what might end up happening was what I think in the NHL, not every East-West team plays every year, right? I think no, it's like exactly. So I don't know if that's a downside or not, because right now in yeah. the NBA, every team plays at least once in every arena. Once, yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's a downside, because then maybe it makes it real special that like 
Um, well, let me let me throw this know. let me throw this to you. Do you want to adopt the NFL model, which is um, basically your top seeded teams get a harder schedule than your lower because that's exactly what happens. There's only sixteen. You're only playing sixteen games a year. There's 30, 30 or thirty two teams. So, you know, like the reason why Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably going to do okay is because they're going to have an easier schedule than the Kansas City Chiefs, just based on winning percentages of the year before. Oh, that's so, how they do it, eh? Okay. That's how they do it. So but that's a that's, weird thing because it might be a different team from the year prior. Like they got Brady now. That's like, what? That's that doesn't. Weird. That's no. Well, that's that's what how happens. they do it. Okay. That's okay. how they do it. Yeah. Um, I don't really like that because the Brooklyn Nets, for example, are a team that looks very different than the year prior and yeah. the Warriors obviously do. So that one I don't really get. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I get that. But you know what I do like from baseball also? Just get rid of that salary cap in the NBA or just Absolutely. find some other way around it. Because Absolutely. The, the thing is, is it actually hurts the smaller or the – no, let's not call it small market because there are a lot of big markets who aren't really destination cities. Like Chicago is not really a destination. Like a lot of players don't really want to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Miami is smaller than a lot of cities, but it is a destination market. Um, so I think the problem is, is if you're Oklahoma City, if you're Toronto, you cannot actually outbid other teams because of the salary cap, mm-hmm. right? And you could, well, I mean, I guess you can make the argument, well, the team should just pay the luxury tax. And I've always said that. But I've said, well, why not just make it actually pretty clear cut? Forget the tax. Let these teams outbid. And the thing is, it's, it's like, well, they can't afford. I'm like, yeah, they can. They have billions of dollars. They can afford to pay the full market for these players. And that way, for example, Giannis isn't going to just go to L.A., for example, because, well, the salary is all the same. He's going to be like, well, Milwaukee's going to pay me like $500 million. I think I'll just stay in Milwaukee then. And then, like, you know, MLSC is going to be like, Kawhi, forget LA. Like we will pay you like eight hundred million dollars over four years. Who else is going to pay that? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe. Okay, that's not a good example because Bomber is, uh, you know, he's going to have a yeah. cash. So I think Bomber will just. I'll pay you. I'll pay you one point six million. So I mean, one point six billion. So um, he could do that. Um, but I, I just think that that changes the calculus there. Um, I'm I'm, I'm and, with you on that because like everyone's just like. <laughs> Oh my God, the Yankees just outspend everyone. It's like, yeah, but that's that's baseball, man. Like that's that's why you like baseball if you like baseball. I mean, I like Formula One. I like that Ferrari and Mercedes are always the big two teams. I'm sorry, I'm not there for like Clint's Chevrolet to do well. Like, no, who the <laughs> hell wants to see that? No, like Ferrari's able to like destroy everyone in terms of R and D and the money they can throw at their team and their racers and all that. And yeah, I like the fact that Yankees are the boogie man. I like the fact that Ferrari is yeah. like the team that everyone wants to play for and everyone hates because they always win every year um, or Mercedes. Um, yeah, there's something to it. And, you know, and for me being, I kind of stopped being a Leafs fan because of the salary cap, because, you know, those years that they were, had really, really deep runs and, you know, it was just hit or miss. They just, you know, they, 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 they either play the, the eventual Stanley cup winning teams or, or even if not, you know, their core and the pieces they were building around it was just, yeah, that's what they would do. It would just be the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Rangers just spending 
And sometimes it would work, sometimes it wasn't, but you just figured that like eventually it would click for one of these guys and then salary cap came and then like Leafs didn't know what to do under salary cap. And and they really, you know, they, they really fell in hard times and still have not made it out of the first round since the salary cap has been implemented. So that should tell you something. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of it. And I know that the Toronto Raptors on the basketball side of things would prob I, I would figure that MLSE here in Toronto would spend more on the Toronto Maple Leafs relative to Toronto Raptors. I might be wrong about that, but let's just say that. Um, just because your city has an NBA team, like they're not entitled to like sit at the big boy table. It's like you have an NBA team. Too bad for you if you're not an A-list city and if you have, you know, kind of this ownership that's not willing to spend that that's that's too bad like that's that's like you're not like that's where i think the sense of entitlement and this and this oh the need for parody i i just think no that's got to go like it's it it, it it should be i have no problem if 30 teams are in a particular league but only six have uh, a legit shot at a particular championship. I actually think that's the way it should be. So call me. Uh, okay. I actually, crazy. well, the reason I'm proposing is because I thought this gives more of those smaller market teams a better chance of learning the talent. Cause right now they're handcuffed. They're like, New Orleans so Pelicans you hang on, let me, let me, just, let me just say this because the whole point of the salary cap, according to these commissioners. So Gary Bettman, Adam Silver, I know, I know uh, that's what they say, but I'm just, that's I'm what they say. But you have, I'm, I'm but, just disagreeing uh, with the premise of their argument. Do That's what they say. They, do, you, do you think deep down they they agree with you? No, I, the biggest reason that they would keep a salary cap is because they're trying to keep the salaries low because they don't uh, prove the profit for each team and each mm -hmm. owner. I think collectively they would all just mm. – that's the biggest benefit to having a salary cap. Gotcha. Even if there are certain players who make more overall the team. So that is a risk, I guess, you'd have to monitor. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just expecting that players, sorry, that owners would manage their teams properly, but yeah. that actually may not be true. I think a lot of these measures that they put in have allowed NBA teams to generally be quite profitable and strong. Whereas in the nineties, there was always this story of like some owner who was having trouble and they'd have to sell their team. Whereas yeah. today you don't see that anymore, but all right, my man, that's great. Um, I like this. So everybody, if you've got any ideas too, uh, you can mail us at bayheightspot at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. You can get us on Instagram. We are open to hearing any kind of ideas. Who knows? This gets out into Ether and Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You never know. Maybe the competition committee will pick it up. So, all right, my man. Talk to you later. Take care, Take care everyone. Composition. Seen a lot of shame in the game.